Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Justin. I won't be having Eric with me today, so I'm running so low. So you got me all to yourselves today, guys. Uh, tonight, uh, we're going to have a great show. Uh, if you want to call in and ask questions of our guest or myself, you can call 914-205-5558. You can scroll down to the bottom of your screen there if you're listening on the website and get into our chat room. And you can also find us on Facebook and on Twitter and on LinkedIn if you're on LinkedIn. So uh, tonight we are having on Mary Jo Fister from Off the Trails Paranormal. Mary Jo, how are you today? I'm doing real well. How are you? Good, good. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Off the Trails Paranormal and how how you guys got started? Well, we've always been interested in the paranormal and what happens when you pass, what's on the other side, um, mm. you know, what, what can you see, what can you hear, how do you feel. And um, Greg is my, my co-leader, and he and our son Bo started the group, kind of grown since then, about six, seven years ago now. And we've added other members and other investigators. Um, we do have a couple of um, mediums and a psychic on the team. Mm-hmm. Now, so we did respond. you guys um, did you guys start um, because any something in particular was happening at all with you guys personally, or? Well. Not particularly at that time. We did have, we've had our personal experiences um, Mm. in the past, and we just decided that it was time to start really looking at things and then doing investigations. Uh, So we we do private homes, and and we do the public places as well. Okay. Have you ever done any private businesses? Yes, we have. We've, um, um, we've, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, I was going to say we've we've done a couple of um, pubs and a silk screening business. And in all of those investigations, was there substantial evidence in either of them? Any of them? Um, yes, we we did get substantial evidence in them. Um, usually before we go to a private investigation, we'll talk with them a few times and we've got a a set of questions that I'll ask them and we'll ask them to send pictures um, of the site and things like that. So we get a pretty good idea of what's going on before we ever get there. Now, and I've done investigations in the past, me and my cousin Eric, who does the show with me usually, uh, we had our own group in Cleveland, Ohio, um, was there any investigations that you guys have done so far that stick out in your mind that, that was very peculiar or just off the charts with, with evidence and all that sort of stuff? Actually, yes. One of the recent ones we did just a couple of weeks ago, we did a private home and um, activity. Um, okay. Gravel, like aquarium gravel, 
will come mm. just shooting out of nowhere, pennies, pens. Um, Greg and I walked in the front door, and I was hit right in the face with a piece of gravel immediately. Oh, so that's pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, um, we've done some research on on the poltergeist activity, and it it mm. seems to be centered on one person in the family. Right. Um, so that was that was interesting. And um, as we were doing the investigation, and I said, "Can you drop something in front of me right now?" And we actually have videotaped this piece of gravel shooting across in front of me. Wow. Yeah. Through the years, I've never come across a poltergeist case, so that's actually really interesting. It's our first. And yet, <laughs> it definitely is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would scare the crap out of me either way, even being in, <laughs> in the field as long as I have been. And it's been quite a while since I've done an investigation. But, yeah, um, there's been activity that we have documented and everything but not anything like gravel being thrown at thrown at you out of nowhere or anything like that um in that same house did you guys get a lot of evps and emf readings or uh yeah we did get some some high emf readings and we did get some evps um we we spoke to i think it was uh, a man named robert Mm-hmm. And there were um, a couple of children there, and the children told me, um, "We're sorry, we're not bad." Oh. Well, at least they were <laughs> admitting that they were only trying to play. <laughs> yes. Um. Yes. And, and the family was, you know, a little upset over all the activity that's going on. Right. I don't think the children are really at the heart of the throwing of the gravel and the pennies, but they know what's going on. Right. Yeah. Now, was this centered around a, a certain person in the household, or was it just all around the entire family? Well, it seems to be centered around one person, although it, it will, things will drop everywhere, but it seems to be more focused on this one person. Okay. And when he starts to talk about how he has his faith in God and he can do anything because he has God on his side, that's when it really seems to increase. Interesting. um, We have our psychic, um, who's actually in Louisiana. Um, She's going to go to the house next week and do an investigation and see if she can cleanse the, the energy from there. So okay. So that'll be, you know, the second visit. Right. Now, do you guys do a certain amount of visits before you're satisfied that the family is okay? Uh, we will. We usually we, we get to the first visit, and um, afterwards calls, you know, we follow up. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes our media will come with us, and she will cross over any spirits who are willing to cross. 
and then we keep up with the family and see how things are going in a week or so, two weeks, and always let them know if they have any questions or concerns, they can always give us a call back. And we have been to to clients' homes more than once. And has the activity picked up again when you guys go back? Yeah, there's still activity. There is still activity, and that's when we definitely want the medium to come along and mm-hmm. see if she can't cross over who's ever there and send them you know, home or to heaven, whatever your term is. Mm-hmm. Through our investigations, we had done a uh, very substantial investigation with another group that uh, kind of catapulted our group's investigation process where we were getting more calls. We did an investigation in Jeffrey Dahmer's family home where he first started killing. Have you guys wow. ever done Yeah. Have you guys ever done an investigation in in a famous person's house or in a, a like a business that is well known? Um yeah, we've been to um the Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield. And we've been to the St. Augustine Lighthouse in the old jail. Okay. Um, we've been to Old South Pittsburgh Hospital, Rolling Hills, Waverly Hills, Tails Bar Dam. So we've been to some of those well-known places as well. Yeah, Mansfield is one that me and Eric have wanted to do for a long time. Um, one of my biggest fascinations with the place is because it was uh, used for Shawshank Redemption. Because I'm a huge fan right. of that movie. And yeah. did you guys get a lot of, of evidence there? Yes, we do. We had actually one of the, the oddest um, things happen to us there. We um, were going to investigate another wing, and Angel's one of our investigators, and she said, well, if you just hold on a minute, I want to come with you. And so we were waiting, and we were waiting, and she wasn't coming back, and there were three of us standing there, and we were calling her, Angel, are you coming? Have you changed your mind? And we're not seeing her, we're not hearing her. All of a sudden, she was in front of me, waving her hands in my face and saying, you are not funny. This isn't a funny joke. We couldn't see her, couldn't hear her, and she was standing there saying, I'm here, let's go, I'm here, let's go. And she thought we were pretending like we couldn't see her, and it was a little unnerving for all of us. Yeah, that's the first I've ever heard of something like that happening for activity. Yeah, that was that was really interesting, and we did get a lot of K2 um, activity there, conversation. Um, we used the flashlight and were able to, to get some things going with that. Um, we heard the, you know, the cell doors clanking shut, and of course you can't move those cell doors. Um, mm. Angel had her hair pulled, but not nasty. It was more like a stroking. Um, okay. So it's, it's definitely a place that we would go back again if we get the chance makes me want to go there that much more. (laughs) (laughs) It's active, for sure. Um, 
Oh, we also smelled the, the perfume or the hairspray or whatever, the floral scent that they say is the warden's wife. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people believe that prisons are um, haunted because the the souls are cut off from moving on or same thing for mental institutions that have been shut down or TB clinics that have activity. What's your guys' take on that? Why do you think there's so much activity there? Cases of the jails and the prisons, sometimes I think it's a choice that they've made because they don't want to cross over and face any kind of punishment or retribution Uh because they were incarcerated in the first place for something. Right. Um, in fact, one one of the um, conversation I was having with one of the inmates told me that um, that he he didn't want to go. He was his choice was to stay there. Oh. And, and and I think maybe because they were they've been cut off some of them for so long, they just don't have any other place to go. They don't quite know what to do. Right. And yeah. It was lost. I've had a couple people tell me that there have been barriers put around a prison, like from them being able to cross over. I don't know how much I believe that, but I believe kind of what you're saying where they don't know what's on the other side for them. So they get scared and think that since they led the lives that led them to prison, that there's going to be some type of punishment. And mm-hmm. I I can see where that part would come in, but I don't know where people were getting, well, there were barriers put in place where people who are in the prison can't pass over. I don't understand where the people that told me that were getting that type of information, whether it was mm-hmm. from medium or from, yeah. What kind of barriers would that be, and why would they want to keep souls there? Right, yeah, and that's, I've never quite understood that. Then again, there are some sick people that have become wardens and become prison guards that might do something in witchcraft or something like that that might do that. But for most prisons, I don't foresee that happening in particularly. I agree with you, yeah. I don't think most people would be that cruel. Right. And, I mean, most of these people that have stayed there end up becoming tortured souls because they didn't pass over, so they're stuck here on this plane, so they don't know what to do with themselves, especially with a a prison that's shut down, even though there are... uh, tours being given and people doing investigations and what have you, I think they're just stuck at that point. I think so too. I think after so many years, they, they're they there. They don't know, they know nothing else. Right. And Mansfield's been shut down for so long. Some of those spirits have been there for, you know, maybe a hundred years or longer. Right. And that's all they know at this point. Right. All right, uh, I think we'll take our first break. Folks, you're listening to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be back in just a few minutes. 
random facts of the day. Heard Truth Radio is one of the coolest shows ever created. With mind-blowing mysteries, dark histories, and two perspectives, you're sure to find all the information you're looking for on the creepy things that go bump in the night. So join us live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Terror Truth Radio. Are you ready? Are you prepared? What if some cataclysmic event shook your every foundation? Would you and your family know what to do? My name is Jacqueline Druga, host of the Apocalypse Dennis Show. Join me every Thursday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Prepper Broadcasting Network. Prepperbroadcasting.com, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We're there for your survival needs.
Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, sublimely elegant here as always, and you are listening to Fairy Truth Radio. Welcome back, folks. Welcome to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Justin, and I am broadcasting at you live solo tonight. If you want to call in and ask questions of me and my guest, call in number is 914-205-5558. If you're listening on a PC, you can scroll down to the bottom of the screen and join me in my chat room here. And you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, today I've been talking to Mary Jo Fister from Off the Trails Paranormal. Now, Mary Jo, we were talking about uh, Mansfield Prison and uh, a little bit about Mm -hmm. uh, the different uh, theories that I've heard. And now you had said when we first uh, started talking, you guys have a set of questions that you usually ask people when you want to do an investigation specifically for homes and uh, personal businesses, what types of questions do you usually ask? Um, We want to know if there's been witnesses other than the person that we're talking to. Um, If it's a home, how many people are living in the house? Have they all had experiences? Um, Have they used the Ouija board? Um, Is anybody on prescription drugs? Do they have animals? Um, because a lot of times uh, a dog or a cat will be able to sense a presence. And so right. I ask them about the animal's behavior, um, if they know anything about the history of the house and how old the house might be. Um, not that the age of the house is necessarily um, that important because you right. yeah. know brand new homes can have spirit energy. But just to get a clear picture of what's going on, um, sometimes I'll, I'll ask them about their religious background because different religious backgrounds have different ideas on spirit energy. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the questions. Oh, and I'll ask them if they've had any physical contact. So those are some of the questions that we'll ask them and let them tell their story the way that they see the story, how long it's right. been happening. It's funny that you bring up the Ouija board because there are so many people that mess around with these Ouija boards. I was in particular one of the people as a kid that messed with a Ouija board, not knowing what it really was because, of course, it's made by Parker Brothers or Hasbro or whoever makes it. And, um, you know, everybody thinks it's just this game that you you play. And uh, most people don't understand that they're opening a doorway. Right, it's the intent of what you're doing, and um, 
how I'll explain it to, to clients is, okay, you're expecting your neighbor from down the street to come and visit, so you open your front door. Anybody that's passing by your house can come into your front door. And then you close and lock your front door, and who's ever in your house now can't get out. And that's the way it is with the Ouija board. You have the intent of bringing spirits in, and you right. can't filter through who's coming in. And then once they're there, you can't just send them back. Right, you can't undo it. Right. And whatever, sometimes people will say, no, I haven't used a Ouija board, I've used a flower board or an angel board, but it's all <laughs> the same thing. Right. Oh, and that's funny that people try to justify it. Like, well, no, it wasn't a Ouija board, it was something completely different, but it's the exact same idea. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> when you're doing investigations or if you are talking to somebody, do you discourage them from doing the Ouija board whatsoever? I do. I do discourage the Ouija board. Um, I'm sure that there are some people who are able to handle it, um, but most of us aren't. We don't know what we're doing. And I do not advise that you get out the Ouija board and see if you can talk to your grandmother or your great uncle who's passed away because maybe they'll come through and maybe somebody else will come with them. And then once you've opened that door, you have the other spirits there and you don't know what's there. Right. One of the biggest things that uh, we used to do when we were investigating was to protect ourselves um, Eric would say a prayer or a lot of times I would say the prayer with him and also kind of imagine white light uh, encompassing my body to, to protect myself. Do you guys do anything like that when you're doing an investigation or starting an investigation? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We always start with the prayer. And when we leave, we always end with the prayer. And, yes, we do envision the white light, and um, I, I carry my crystal. I wear my crystal because that, that's a protection as well. But, yes, we definitely say our prayer. Because when we walk into a house or a business or even um, a public place like Mansfield Reformatory or St. Augustine Lighthouse, um, you really don't know what spirits are there. So you do have to protect yourself. It's not a game. Right. And most people will try and if they're just doing an investigation themselves compared to calling somebody as as yourselves to come and do an investigation, they will either say something not knowing that they're provoking or try to provoke it. And me and Eric have discouraged that specifically if there's you know, you're just doing an investigation yourself or you're a first-time paranormal investigation team and you have no clue what's going on. Right. And with provoking, if you don't know who's there, what's there, then you don't understand what you're provoking. It's What right. exactly are you poking? Is right. it a sweet little old lady or is it something else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and most people don't understand, too, that 
I mean, me and Eric have always said, you know, we're very against provoking, especially if you don't know what's there or if it is an aggressive spirit that's there. But uh, provoking in general, it's just giving off bad energy. And whether it's a good spirit or a bad spirit, they're going to sense that energy and either A, act upon it, or B, they're just going to shy away and only continue the activity when the family is only there. Or the people, I should say, whoever is there. Right. And then you've defeated the whole purpose. Um, They're not going to talk to you. They're not going to do anything. So you're there for no reason. You've defeated your purpose for being there. If they quiet down, if they act back at you, then you're putting yourself in potential danger as well. Right. Yeah. Now, Um, as I said, me and Eric did an investigation for Jeffrey Dahmer's house, and we didn't provoke, not that I know of anyways. We had another team with us there that was covering, because this house had, I'd say, a very big portion of land that it was sitting on and it had a little stream running through it and it was tucked into a forested type area. And one thing that kind of scared the crap out of me from that investigation among several was that uh, something followed us when we left. And I didn't know it at the time. Me and Eric were really mm-hmm. tired. It was really early in the morning And I went to go leave from Eric's house because we went back to his place. That's where my car was. And I just felt I should say a prayer, do the light thing, and just, you know, tell if there's somebody there to go away. And as soon as I did that, I heard, okay, see you, Justin, in my ears. And unfortunately, Uh I didn't, you know, I wasn't recording anything at the time, but, um, where I'm going with that is, have you guys ever had something follow you guys home or follow one of your investigators home? Yes, a matter of fact, we've had that happen a couple times. <laughs> oh. um, and and we'll know that something has followed us home because um, I seem to be the one that it focuses on and I end up getting very nauseous and okay. very tired. And often we have a cat, and often the cat will suddenly sit up and stare. At some point, we can't see what he's looking at, and then we know something's followed us home. And um, usually we call uh, Dawn, who's one of our mediums, to come and check it out and see if she can't convince him to go to the light. Mm-hmm. It's a little disconcerting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, on that investigation, not only did that happen, but we were in the what was this person's living room who owned the home not uh, when we were doing the investigation, but it was the garage at the time where he killed his first victim. We had had asked a question. We were using a Radio Shack hack, uh, mm-hmm. and we asked, you know, are you here? And somebody was just listening on the Radio Shack hack because I didn't have a speaker for it. And they said, the spirit said, yes. And I said, well, can you show, you know, where are you? 
and the person said, the spirit said, right next to you. I said, okay, can you prove it to me? Can you do something? And as I said mm-hmm. that, I felt whatever it was, whoever it was, almost like a loving caress, caress my neck. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, wow. I'm done. Pretty sure I walked out for a minute because uh, that was really an unexpected thing. And it really scared me because, I mean, you kn- you know what Jeffrey Dahmer was and you know what he did in the house. And then all of a sudden right. something is touching you, whether that's him or something else that was caught there or someone else, I should say. It's just not something that you're expecting, even if you're asking questions. Right, and sometimes you do have to do that. You just have to to walk away for a few minutes and kind of collect yourself. Um, Yeah. That that would be a really interesting place to be. Yeah, Yeah, it was definitely one of our better investigations for sure. And I think most people don't understand when they're starting to do an investigation, at least beginners, that uh, it's very taxing i mean you're using energy to talk to something that is no longer alive whether that or something that was never alive if it's a demonic type set uh right. haunting so right and, do you, and you can't see uh body language or facial facial cues or right. hear inflections so yeah it is very draining to to do that not have any of your tired. yeah <laughs> have any of your mediums ever had a situation where they couldn't get the the spirit to cross over or it wouldn't cross over um you we've had a couple of in one case um it's a a young woman living by herself in an apartment, and the spirit is um a young man that became extremely attached to her. And our EVPs uh, say things like, I love her, she's my girlfriend, I won't leave. And the medium was not able to convince him to go. He's, he's in love with her, and he's going to stay. Hmm. And um, in another case, it was uh, a young man, and there's a woman attached to him, and again, she's not going to stay to leave. She's going to stay there with him. And um, nothing that Dawn said to convince her would, would convince her, and she stayed. Those are just no. a couple times. Most of the times we're able to convince him to go ahead and, and cross over. Were those cases, uh, was the spirit somehow linked to their to these people in life as well, or was it just a spirit that was in their home? A spirit in their home, if um, maybe it linked to them in a past life, if you believe in past lives, right? But not in this life. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the other thing that boggles my mind is spirits will attach themselves to people or physical objects, even though they can't physically touch them or be with that person, they are still attached to those things. And I've never understood why 
probably because I'm not dead. I'm alive right now. But uh, <laughs> yes. And one yeah, thing that's, that's always fascinated me about bond. that. Yeah. It, it's, and it's a lot of people will get bond. attached. Now, I don't get it either, but go ahead. Yeah. Most people get attached to physical things in life. So therefore, when they pass over and they don't cross over, they're just continually attached to those things. Like people who are buried with their car or buried with a particular object that was put into their well, I want to be buried with this. And it it just boggles the mind because, I don't know, for me, I'm not so much of a possessive person. Yes, I have a lot of things, but they don't mean to something to me where I'm going to want to take it with me in in the next life. Right. I, I agree. There's a lot of things that I have right now that I'm attached to, but when I go, they're going to stay. I'm not <laughs> going to attach myself to some particular, you know, a diamond ring or a car or yeah. anything like that. It's, yeah, I guess it means so much to some people that they just can't let go. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we'll take another quick break. Folks, you're listening to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. We're talking to Mary Jo Fister, and we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Confessions of a Potentially Perfect Parent, brought to you by AdoptUsKids.org. I might look like an adult, like a person who could possibly be a parent, but I have no idea how to talk like one. And everyone knows that if you want to be a parent, you have to sound good when you say things like, Don't make me turn this car around, or Because I said so, or Don't make me come back there. I don't even really know what those things mean, but I know that I actually believed my parents when they said them to me. How did they manage to sound so convincing? Here we go. Don't make me come back there. Oh, no, that's not tough enough at all. Kids can sense weakness. Don't make me come back there. Ooh, yeah, that's better. In fact, that kind of sounded like my dad. Weird. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to listen to you practice your dad voice. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit adoptuskids.org for more information. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. Hello, everybody. Sublimely Elegant here, as always, and guess what? I know you. Well, no, we've never met, but I do know you. I know you love Minecraft. I know you love the Internet. Now, I also happen to know you love colorful language. So, instead of moping around all day, why don't you head on over to my channel and satiate your deepest needs? youtube.com forward slash sublimely elegant okay forest animals today is a new day kids are coming to the forest and it's up to us to make their visit a good one sparrow yes have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year of course catchy i like it okay river dude How's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you here? Cool. Who's asking? I am. Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect. I love my job. Uh, oak tree? Stop. Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like, consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, turtle. Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Ugh, he's late every morning. You'd think he would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay, 
Squirrel. Has anybody seen Mr. Squirrel? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier-hound-chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm -hmm. I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and well licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. This is Bill Hall, author of the book, The World's Most Haunted House, and you're listening to Paratruth Radio. All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Justin. I am running solo tonight. If you have any questions for myself or my guest, call-in number is 914-205-5558. You can join me in my chat room right down at the bottom of your screen if you're listening on the PC. And you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter if you want to find out anything about the shows. Now, I've been talking to Mary Jo Fister um, from Off the Trails Paranormal. Mary Jo, are you still with me? I'm still with you. All right. Now, Mary Jo, what would be the best advice you could give to someone who wants to start doing investigations or join a paranormal group? Um, If you want to join a paranormal group, I would say look in your area and check websites. Um, Sometimes there's groups listed, but they haven't updated their website for a few years or so. Um, And then sort of interview um, the leaders and talk to them about where they go and what their philosophy is and what they do. Um, If you want to start up your own group, I would say Find a couple of people who are interested as well. Never go by yourself. Um, and do the homework. Do the research. Don't just um, decide that you're going to go out to a deserted building and start wandering around. Um, definitely safety first. Right. Uh, I now, would say if you don't have any um, equipment or anything, Probably a um, camera and a recorder and a flashlight mm-hmm. would be the first things I would recommend. That sounds like my first ghost hunting kit was just my <laughs> flashlight, a, a uh, recorder, and my digital camera that I had had for a couple years. Um, yeah, you don't have to go out and spend $5,000 just to get started. Right, yeah. You you can build it up, you can build it up, and we've been doing this for a while, so we have a lot of equipment, but we didn't just go out and buy it the first week. Right. Now, when you're interviewing somebody who wants to join your group, what kind of stuff do you usually ask or what do you usually look for? 
Uh, well, we'll ask them about experience, if they've had any experience, if they have um, any, you know, personal experiences, if they have any special interests or talents as far as the group goes, do they like to do research, are they interested in listening to EVPs, um, are they more concerned with the technical part, and, um, you know, ask them what their feelings are about the afterlife and how they would go about doing an investigation. And, you know, we don't provoke, so if somebody then that's probably not going to be a good fit for us. Mm-hmm. And then um, bring them on an investigation or two and see how they work out. Uh, we had one person who was interested, and he was scared, and he kept saying to the homeowner, oh, this is creepy, this is creepy. Well, that's not what you do. So right, uh, yeah. He, he's not. He didn't work out. Yeah, we he had somebody on. When you're there. Yeah, we had somebody on our team who would continually tell whoever it was, whether it was a business owner or whether it was somebody's home, that uh, when he was taking pictures, he was getting a lot of evidence, or he would kind of play back some of his recordings before we would go home and be like, yeah, there, there's something here. And it was, that's somebody we had to let go because that's not something you do either. You don't go over your evidence with the homeowner and then be like, there's something here. No, um, definitely not. You have to go back and review your results and, develop a picture of what might be going on, um, not right. right there on the spot. Now, have you had a lot of people that you had to turn away because of one thing or another, or have a lot of people worked out and then gone separate ways later? Um, we've had some people that have worked out and they've kind of run investigations with us and then, um, you know, work called them away or whatever. We've had a few people that didn't work out. Um, so it's gone both ways. But we've also had some people that um, we work very well with who have come to us and got a really good working relationship with them. So it just it goes all over. Um, but you have to talk to them first. And um, we have a – what we do is Greg and I talk to them first and kind of feel them out, and then we introduce them to the rest of the team and see how everybody works together. Um, okay. You know, kind of a social, casual, but see how everybody meshes, because when we're on the investigation, everybody's got to be working together, and nobody can be, um, you know, the star of the show or the prima donna right. or anything like that. Right. Have any of the the people that you've worked with that have let go have a like like a false sense of what a an investigation is supposed to be about from the different shows that they're seeing like uh, ghost hunters or anything like that? Well, we have had one or two that yes um, watched some of the TV shows and think that what you're supposed to do was walk around and yell. Come on up and get me. I'm not scared of you. Yeah. You know, and that's that's not the way to proceed either. Uh, unfortunately, some of the TV shows have given a false idea there. 
yeah. early on. Yeah, and that's something Eric and I have talked about extensively on the show and off, too, because these guys probably started out just like you guys did or me and Eric did and were doing investigations, and then they were approached about a TV show, and then either, A, it went to their heads and it went haywire from there, or they were being told by say ghost hunters by sci-fi you guys need to keep so many ratings up or we're going to let you go so they started doing things um maybe making up evidence i don't know if they do or don't eric has said that he he has caught them doing that um but also to these guys need ratings in order to stay on so whether that's either being dramatic about something that's not that dramatic or making up evidence. Either way, people are getting this sense of, oh, that's how you're supposed to do an investigation. So if I join a group, that's what I should be doing. Right. And and I think a lot of it is with the dramatic effect because you want to keep people interested. So let's create this drama and then right. know why. Because really a lot of what we do is sitting around in a dark room, right? talking and listening, and who wants to sit and look at that? Right. It's not all that exciting. Right, yeah, and that's that's where me and Eric kind of knew that that's what it was, but at the same time, we had watched the shows, you know, we had seen the different things that they, were, they would show, uh, but honestly, most people don't understand that a lot of times either there's no activity whatsoever and people are um, thinking there's something there and we couldn't prove that there was, or we were getting certain things, but it was just EVP, uh, a little bit of EMF and some pictures, which we didn't know until later. And most people don't get that. It's more about the research before, during and after and not, oh, crap, something just slammed. Let's everybody run to that spot to see what happened. Right, yeah. Oh, there's a noise, so it has to be spirit energy. Okay, yeah, not that maybe the wind blew the door closed or right. something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh, there, some people don't try to uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Debunk? They don't, yeah, they don't try to debunk. Yeah, look for a logical explanation first, and that's what we do. Um, you know, you hear something, well, with somebody walking by the window, um, is that the voice you heard, or is it somebody in the apartment upstairs? And you always look for a reasonable, rational explanation, and if you can't find one, then then maybe it's paranormal. Right. We are getting close to the end of the show, so I wanted to give you a chance to uh, tell everybody where they can find you guys and if there's any information you can give to have them get in contact with you for an investigation or anything like that. Um, sure. We're we're on Facebook. It's Off the Trails Paranormal Investigations. 
Uh, we have a website. It's off the trails paranormal investigations.org. Um, if they need an investigation, I can give them a phone number. Okay. It's 772-267-2034. That's 772-267-2034. Oh, and we're on Twitter, too. So got All right. And, now, folks, and um, if we're actually starting a, a new uh, branch of it. We're going to try doing underwater investigations. Oh, I'm excited oh. about that. All right, folks. Uh, I put the website in the chat room for you, and I will also put their phone number in there for you as well. And uh, Mary Jo, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a privilege and oh, honor having you, you on. So Enjoy talking with you. All right. You have yourself a good night, and uh, maybe we'll talk to you again soon. That would be great. All right. All right. Good night. Thanks, Justin. Good night. Yep. Bye-bye. All right, folks. That was Mary Jo Fister from Off the Trails Paranormal. Uh, if you want to get in contact with them, I did put the the website in the chat room for you and uh, I will get the phone number in there as well and uh, next week we will be talking about the Wendigo and Eric will be back for that show so hopefully uh, we don't have any issues with any scheduling and uh, I think I'm going to wrap it up for the night folks Uh, you have been listening to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Justin, and I will talk to you guys next week. To help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network.